Welcome to uh, For Your Institution, presented by Mongoose, makers of Higher Ed's premier engagement platform. A um, little bit different discussion we have today, but a super relevant, super interesting, um, super exciting because of the time of year. And our guest has a different dynamic than guests we usually have. And I'm going to explain all of that in detail. First, I'm going to bring on Mike Ajinsky. Um, Mike, how are we doing today? Living the dream, Greg. Excited to talk about the uh, the parent perspective in the college search. Hopefully, well, I was just going to. I was just going to. I was going to do that. I was going to say what we're talking about. I was just saying hi to you. Gotcha. Okay, so there we go. The parent perspective in the college search is what we're doing, and we brought on not only a parent who is going through the search with um, students um, or his children. I guess um, he would probably not call them students. Uh, but we also have uh, in uh, in our guest um, a, a unique perspective of a, an experienced author and marketer who thinks like schools should be thinking about parental visits. So um, full disclosure, Mike Gluck is uh, a friend of mine. Boy, I took a reach on that because I consider him a friend, but like we've known each other for years and stuff, but he's helped me out in my career. Just a great guy and always willing to help people. So he's coming on with this discussion. Um, Mike's gonna, Mike uh, Gluck is going to talk about himself for a little bit, but the perspective is neat. And that's why Mike Kishinsky and I wanted to have Mike Gluck on for this. So first off, Mike, hi, how are you? Good, Greg. Thanks for having me on. And yes, I do consider ourselves friends and friends with Mike as well. Yes. Uh, yes. All right. Because that would have been really awkward if we uh, started <laughs> off. We're uh, done. Uh, We're done. Thanks for, thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, to talk a little bit about yourself so we know um, the perspective that you're bringing to this conversation. Sure. So my background is, like, like you said, Greg, in marketing and advertising. I've been doing that for many, many years. Author, copywriter. And then personally, we just sent our oldest son off to college for his freshman year. And then we also have a high school junior. Awesome. Mike, you're going to have to um, take notes on this too, because, you know, this is coming down the pipe for you and it'll come sooner than yeah, you. Yeah, about, uh, what, 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goes, goes a lot faster than you think. Yes. Well, take some notes then. So um, uh, let's let's start with the journey. Um, you have uh, uh, college visits. Um, talk about just how that went, um, what you thought about going into it and uh, where it ended up going. Sure. So I like to do a lot of research, a lot of preparation and such. So when our oldest sons first started thinking about college, sat down with him, opened up a couple dozen tabs in the browser and started looking at different schools, went to one of those clearinghouse sites where you can really filter by what you're interested in. He knew he wanted to do STEM. We knew we wanted him within a day's drive of where we live. So we sort of narrowed it down from there and made a big list of schools. Awesome. So aside from geography, what were some of the criteria that you were looking at? Good question. It was really about having the program he wanted and about having it be a good fit. He's a bit of an introvert. He was definitely a bit nervous about going away. Um, I'm part of that maybe due to COVID and such, which he was going through at the time I think during his junior year. So, you know, we were really looking for the right program, the right fit. He knew he didn't want a huge school, but he didn't know, did he want a smaller school that offered programs he wanted? Mm -hmm. Or did he want a school that was solely focused on STEM? So those were some of the decisions we had to make. 
were you leading the witness at all? Is there something you wanted? Like, you know, this is your kid. You want them the best for them. So was there any of that? Also, you know, who's paying the bill and all that stuff. So um, what was the mindset of that? Like, uh, were did, did you just leave them to their own devices in their search? No, we definitely, maybe a little bit too heavy handed, but we definitely were involved, my wife and I throughout the process. And when there was, you know, we always obviously valued his opinion first, but if there was a school we didn't like, we let him know and we let him know why we didn't like it because maybe that was just our perspective or something that affected us and not something that affected him. So what eliminated those schools that you didn't like right off the bat? So for one of them, they had um, leadership in place that honestly just did not have a great reputation with the students, not a great reputation for that engagement and collaboration. Um, in doing some research, we found that the school had also had some financial issues. Again, not something that my, that my son would ever really consider, may not even affect him, but those were things that we wanted to make him aware of. And how did you, how did you uh, figure that out? Was it reading the student newspaper, social media? How did you do that analysis? Yeah, like how easy was that to access? Like how many clicks did it take you to find out that they're in financial trouble? Like, is it just a Google search? Um, you know what? I didn't even think to ask the question. Somebody brought it up on a Facebook group and you guys probably know this. There are Facebook groups for parents of students at a lot of these schools. Some of them will let you in as a parent of a prospective student. Some will only let you in once your student is admitted or has decided to go there. But those groups are extremely valuable in terms of the information we got. That's interesting. So um, the perspective of a parent is going to differ from a perspective of a student. So mm -hmm. um, how cognizant of our, uh, are you of that now? We're, I, I want to talk about like when you actually went to the campuses or whether or not you did some schools virtual or that, but like the perspective going in is different. How cognizant of that were you like when you step out of the car or step out of the bus or however you're transported and put on the campus? Like, um, uh, how aware of that were you like seeing the school through the eyes of your child? It was definitely different as a parent. You're looking for different things, right? I think for him, especially the first few you go to, you're just overwhelmed. You don't really know what you're looking at. After you do half a dozen or so, you get into the pattern. You understand what you're looking for. But, you know, for him, he's really looking for, you know, how's the food? Are people friendly? Do I feel like I fit here? Or do I feel nervous? And sometimes that's just the physical environment as well. There were some campuses where it was very hilly. And so it was hard for him to really get a lay of the land. And for someone who's not great with directions, that was a little disconcerting to him, you know, versus the parents were looking at safety, obviously cost is a consideration. And we're trying to see, you know, we're trying to read between the lines and ask other questions about, okay, what's the school really about? Now, you don't only bring the perspective of a parent. We mentioned you were a marketer, too. So was that um, was that side of your brain on? Like when you step up and you see a hilly school or mm -hmm. you see their signage or you see how you're being greeted and all that stuff. Uh, instinctively, I would think that uh, bells are going off in your head about like, hmm, I don't know if we're going to choose this school. But if I can talk to the uh, the dean of admissions, I would probably, you know, have some things to say to them. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, honestly, I like I put up a few posts on LinkedIn after some of these. And I think one or two schools I even contacted directly to say, oh, you know, cool. great job or, you know, hey, we noticed this on the tour. It's really about you know, what are we from a marketing perspective? And 
honestly, I was probably a little bit too swayed by some of those things. You know, I'd see a school with great signage and they had everything together from a marketing standpoint. They had all the brochures out and people were wearing all the right shirts and asking the right questions. And, you know, that might have swayed me a little bit too much given my marketing background. Um, <laughs> my justification is that it's a sign that okay, if they can do the admissions process right, they probably have their act together on the academic side, although maybe that's true, maybe not. How much of your individual search as a parent was driven by examining the outcomes of a particular institution? Not a ton, but definitely hmm. some. So, you know, honestly, all of the schools, all of the schools that made sort of the final list where he applied to were fairly comparable in terms of outcomes, you know, students get jobs and whatnot. What we did look at was um, some of them required a co-op program. And so we looked at what does that do to the four-year and the six-year graduation rate? So that was a concern. Can you explain co-op program to me? Sure. So a co-op program, as I understand it, is where a student has to take a semester to go work for a company outside of campus. So it's coordinated with the school. Sometimes they can stay on campus and do the work remotely or in the same city. Sometimes they have to travel somewhere else. So for example, some schools it's recommended or encouraged. Some schools it's actually required. And one of our concerns was how much support are they actually giving to those students? Because when you talk to admissions, you hear one story. When you talk to students, they say, yeah, I'm trying to get this and nobody's helping me. Interesting. Thank you uh, for your clarification. I want to like, let's get into it. A number of schools, if you want to mention schools names, you can. And if like, we're like, oh, don't do that. Uh, They're a client. (laughs) Uh, We're going to edit that out. Uh, Or they're, they're, you know, like we'll boast that we'll put it on social. So um, like that, that's up to you. Um, We can, you know, edit and post if we need to, but uh, um, how many schools and talk a little bit about like, uh, we mentioned your perspective. We mentioned your uh, son's perspective, um, but like, combining those like the uniqueness that stood out just um the the number of schools and just like the uh, the pros and uh, like the, the the positive things you've seen and the negative things you've seen just as an overlay so I mean, let's talk first about the number of schools so i mm-hmm. think he narrowed it down to about two dozen that he had some significant interest in we visited about a dozen of those i think wow. he ended up applying to about a dozen of those again they were all within a drive so we did a boston trip we took a trip to cleveland you know some of them were in new york state so um he applied to about a dozen i think he got rejected from about half a dozen or three or four or so um and accepted at the rest and waitlisted at one I'm soaking in what you said about the number of schools. So I made the mistake of asking two questions um, when I would probably have needed time to reflect on the first question. My apology for that. So um, in your opinion, Mike, is that typical of like the number of schools visited sounds like a lot to me. I haven't gone to school since 1999. So it's been a while. Does that sound like a typical number of schools visited to you? It seems like a lot. Probably is a lot considering the average. I mean, I've got a friend whose son was a year older than mine. They probably visited 30 schools all around the country as well. Wow. But that was They love to travel and they have the resources to do that. So mm-hmm. that was fantastic for them. You know, for us, it was more, you know, it's, we also brought our younger son on these trips as well. They're interested in very different schools, but at least this way he could get a sense of large versus small, urban versus rural, et cetera. 
the younger kids always get the hand-me-downs. Like they can't have their own experience. They got to be dragged along. It's funny. I was actually asking that question to Mike Kaczynski. Um, Like you, you were a part of the process where you were like trying to um, welcome people onto a campus. Like that used to be your role. So yes. would you consider that a lot of schools? At 30, that's I know a, that's a big be. number, but the, the world has changed uh, quite a bit. I think people, while doing virtual tours and having virtual digital experiences is, is relevant, uh, it seems like parents really think, okay, well, you know, during the pandemic, that was fine. We had to do it, but we really have to see the, you know, we have to see the, the security phones and we have to see, uh, you know, the walkways and are they diagonal or are they straight? So, you know, my, uh, my child will, uh, you know, are they going to have a faster commuter, longer one to campus? You know, how expansive is the campus? All those sorts of things. Do the athletes live in dorms that are uh, immaculate and everybody else lives in these like, you know, brick cells, you know, like what's the mm-hmm. divide you know, culturally. So you can see a lot of, a lot of the campus tour experience to me, as somebody who worked on campuses and, and talks to clients on a daily basis, is is how much the physical infrastructure of the campus reflects the culture of the campus. So if you go to a campus with a lot of resources that has you know beautiful gates and archways and all these things, you might start to think, well, wait a second. Like, what are the academic buildings like? Or what, you know, like, or if they're spending all this time on the external, what are they doing on the, the student experience? So is this all a dog and pony show? Um, so I think, you know, examining those sorts of things and being very critical is important. And I can't wait to hear um, how that examination went for you. And stop talking. No, I'm just Yes, kidding. I did talk a lot. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a conversation. I'm just kidding. No, it was, you know, it was really interesting and taking a tour, it's so different if classes are in session versus if they're not and the campus right. is empty, it's so different if it's overcast, overcast and cool versus a beautiful sunny day. It's so different if you have three other students in your tour versus 20 other students in your tour, because then just like now, right, you can either have a conversation with three students or you can hear a lecture about the campus landmarks if there's 20 other students there. Um, Mike mentioned the security phone, and you had an interesting story for that, because I want to start to talk about what schools do good and what schools schools um, don't do do necessarily as good, um, just so someone can have a takeaway from this conversation. So talk about, um, is it security phone? Like you, you, you had the LinkedIn post. I don't have it exactly in my head, but I know you know what I'm talking about. Um, so uh, tell that story of campus security and how one school stood up to you. Yeah. It's the blue light system. I'm sure you've seen it on every campus. Every tour we go to, we have a blue light system. Then they pointed out, we went to UMass Amherst. We took a tour there. The tour guide pointed them out. And she said, our officers respond in 60 seconds, while the average nationwide is four to five minutes. Hopefully that's true. I'm not sure it is, but it sounds like it is. And it stood out because it shows a real commitment to safety, especially, you know, UMass is a huge campus and the fact that they can actually get there in 60 seconds and they have this data to prove it, that shows that they care about their students. And when you're sending your kid away who's lived with you for 17, 18 years, like that's your primary concern is, are they going to keep this kid safe? Um, and then <laughs> just a small detail, I think saying 60 seconds, the marketing side of me likes that oh, yeah. a lot more than saying one minute. It, it, that, it, it's hilarious because like, you know, uh, someone listening might be thinking about this in terms, I think immediately of the marketing, like headline, you know, 
uh, security concerns answered within 60 seconds is like, wow, just like put it on an envelope and mail it. And, you know, your, yeah. your um, enrollment rate is just going to skyrocket through there. So um, uh, like you, I'm always thinking like a marketer and um, for you, especially like for parents, that stat is just going to stand out. Mm-hmm. Especially because, you know, every, sorry, Mike, no, every, everybody has it, right? Like everybody has a blue light system. This was the first time. And sometimes parents will ask how long it takes to respond. But this time, this was the first time they said it proactively. And the first time that it was a true differentiator in something that's typically a commodity. When you were examining safety and in, in doing these, uh, these college visits, how much time did you spend off campus? Some. So for the schools that he was definitely interested in, especially when when we went for admitted students days, we would try and make a point to eat lunch off campus, eat dinner off campus, walk around, maybe ask some students how safe it was. There was really, you know, we were lucky. There was really only one campus we went to where we went off campus. And it's like, I don't think you really want to live here. But for the most part, they were fine. The security question was a school that like found a unique unique way to stand out um, mm-hmm. among schools where every school offers that. Um, was there an experience at a school that you just thought, boy, they kind of dropped the ball right there? Like just that bad impression is going to like kind of turn you off. Was there was there anything like that you saw, even if it was more than one school or? I mean, there was one school, and again, this was still during COVID, where we could only go in, I think, two buildings. So you drive there for a tour, you park, you meet people, you go all around this campus, and you can only go into two actual buildings. And it just did not result in a good experience for us. Okay. But that's like, if it's COVID related, um, there's not much a school can do about that. But I guess the lesson learned from that was trying to make your campus as excessive as possible. But resources can, um, you know, get in the way of that. And like, I'm sure, you know, like, you know, you only have so many people to do so many things. So you have to prioritize on the campus, you know, what you want to highlight, what you want to show people on that. So um, that can get in the way as well. Well, and I would argue anything that is not above average to exceptional on your campus why spend time there? <laughs> like mm-hmm. you should really be highlighting what is you know to, to use the term differentiator. What is the differentiators for your campus? And if if a parent asks, uh, for example, uh, my alma mater, I remember the uh, the tour guide uh, made a conscious effort to not show the athletic facilities, and I thought that was really weird. And I said, can we see the basketball gym and yeah, everything? especially for a, a star like you, a star. Athlete. Oh right, yes, six four power four, six eight power forward, Mike Kaczynski over here. Uh, but no, uh, you know, and I remember uh, touring, and I thought mm, this is fine. It, I didn't, I, w- I wouldn't be embarrassed by it if I was the institution. But um, yeah, it was interesting what. I was filtered to and not filtered to. And in the same way too, when I worked in admissions, you know, what we pushed and what we didn't and why. Uh, In fact, actually, if I may ask uh, for Mike, how staged versus authentic did you feel some of the interactions and uh, particularly like the viewing classrooms, viewing residence halls, how staged versus authentic did that feel? Mm -hmm. And did, uh, you know, the stage versus authentic continuum, did you like being more on one side or the other? Definitely prefer the authentic side of it. Some things were staged, you know, the residence halls, I think were all staged, but it's also, he wasn't choosing a school based on the res halls. They're all the same furniture and everything. It's, you know, that that's not why he was going there. So the authenticity 
really mattered a lot. Um, and to pick up a point, what you said before about seeing, you know, what's differentiated on campus, and this goes back to the engagement as well. So we went to Case Western and we got a great tour there, but we didn't see, you know, my son was interested in STEM. And so we talked to the tour guide afterward. He said, oh, you really want to go to this other building on the other side of campus that we can't cover during the tour. Here's where it is. Here's a map. Here's how to get there. So we did that. And that was actually the most meaningful part of, of that visit for us. That seems like um, a, a good point in the conversation to talk about a way to make um, your school unique and stand out is to concentrate on who the student and parents are meeting. Um, like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, talk about the importance in your visit of uh, I wouldn't call them gatekeepers, but just like the first impression people, um, and, uh, the people giving the tour, the people answering questions that that should some thought should be put into that according to your experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, your tour guides need to be outgoing and engaging, but they really need to ask questions and talk to the students. And it's so, you know, these students are all so nervous and embarrassed. They don't want to say anything, but if you, especially if you've got a smaller group, just ask them, you know, beyond what's your name, where are you from, what sports do you play, you know, what are you really learning, what do you really want to get out of this tour, or what are you most excited about about this school, or why are you here? Just asking some of those questions might help the students then have that conversation and lead to a better tour. When you when you toured particularly these communities, so you mentioned Cleveland, Boston, were there any other cities you can remember specifically? Uh, we did Cleveland. We did a bunch in Boston. We did um, one outside, actually a couple in the Albany area and a few in the Rochester area as well. Did any city or I guess, I don't know, community, did any do a good job of explaining number of institutions in their backyard and also the, the partnerships between them? Because I'd be curious, mm -hmm. especially seeing what might happen with mergers in higher education and just in general, consumers want a fairly seamless experience where those partnerships happen, where they don't, where the, you know, where there are firm lines in the sand between institutions where they say, sure, you can borrow books from, if I'm an RPI student, I can borrow books from union. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, I don't recall that with my older son, but with my younger son, we just went on a tour in an area where there were half a dozen or so schools, and he toured the smallest one, and they definitely emphasized, you know, you can take classes here, we have these relationships there. So that was a benefit for him. As a follow-up to uh, campus visits, um, did any school make available um, someone to talk to afterwards, specifically like alumni or faculty, or just if you have any follow-up questions, here's someone to talk to. Um, did, did, did you experience that? Yes, although I don't remember exactly who it was, but at least one of them gave us, you know, a student email. I don't know if it was a generic email that goes to a bunch of students or what, but um, with at least one school, we engaged that way. And it was interesting to see the difference as well between the open houses and those types of tours. And then we went back to a lot of the same schools for admitted students days. And there we found there was a lot more available interaction with the professors. So it gave you a much better sense of what the academic experience would be. How many institutions sent admissions counselors, reps, advisors, et cetera, or staff had any type of events here in uh, Western New York where the three of us are located? 
I don't know for sure. My son attends, um, you know, at my son's high school, they have people, admissions folks coming through there fairly regularly. And I know from at least a couple of the schools, the people came through, but I don't, I don't think from all of them. So for your son, when, when your son was coming up with a list of institutions, did that come from you? Did that come from uh, talking to a college counselor at uh, his high school? Like what, what, how did he narrow down his search? Sure. Um, came from all of that. So part of it was a general search. I think there's some national website where you can go and filter it out like that. Some of it was what he had heard about from his friends who, again, they were all going through it. So they had their input as well. Some of them were schools that we knew, my wife and I knew were good for the academics or whatnot that he was going for. And um, we did also work with a private college counselor who added some additional schools to the list. How was the experience working with a private college counselor? It was great. And we were lucky to be in a position to do it. Um, Again, not having gone through this before. And mostly it just really helped with the relationship between, you know, my son and my wife and myself, you know, we weren't the ones nagging him to (laughs) do the common app, do your essay. And, you know, we were, look, I'm a writer. So I was still, you know, hearing his essay and, you know, giving him prompts and such for that. So we went back and forth a bit, but just to to have somebody else as well who would say, okay, this school is a stretch. These are, you know, good to apply to, and these ones are going to be your safety. That that really helped. Did any school um, communicate with you individually? Um, at Mongo's, we uh, try and give advice, and um, we always suggest having a page that's dedicated to parents. So, like having resources that are dedicated to parents, possibly even like in the process of collecting information to further outreach with a student, put a, put a space for the parent's phone number so a school can communicate with the parent uh, mm-hmm. individually. So I would ask if that happened, and if it didn't, would you think that's a good idea? It's absolutely a good idea. And in fact, I get a little bit upset when schools don't have that information because, again, the parents or guardians or whoever are so involved. You know, maybe they're not involved in the actual decision, but at some point they're going to be involved. Um, some of the schools sent that information directly to me, not a ton. And they always encourage, and we encouraged our son as well. Okay. If you have questions about admissions or whatnot, you know, you're the one who needs to reach out to the school and do that. But we still wanted to be kept in the loop in terms of what's happening with the process. That's really interesting. I, I, I almost want to ask, um, Mike, if you don't have any other questions, I got, Go like for it. I got the big one. Sure. Do it. Was the decision made? It was. Um, so my son You don't have to say now, where if you don't want to say where. I'm no, just curious, like, after all of this, you went through all that, that had to be a big moment, you know, when, um, like, the decision was made for you. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, like, he, he kind of left to the last minute as well because he couldn't. We were lucky. He had He had a lot of good choices. And I told him from the start, there's not one perfect school for you. There are a dozen schools where you'll be happy and successful, right? So, but in the end, he ended up choosing Worcester Polytechnic Institute in Worcester, Massachusetts, just outside Boston. And we talked to him the other day. He, he's doing really well. He's very happy there. That school has an unfair advantage. It's beautiful there this time of year. So like who can visit that place and not like fall in love with it? Uh, yeah. There's a perfect school for some people from like it was Canisius. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so why, why, would, why was that perfect for you? 
Uh, Jesuit. I uh, came up through Jesuit education. It was in a city with an NHL hockey team. I grew up in a city that was an hour south of Detroit, and Detroit was good back then, so it was impossible to get NHL tickets, and we were a little too far from Columbus. Uh, and I grew up playing hockey and loved the idea of being in a hockey city. Um, I like that Buffalo is both Eastern and Midwestern. Um, there's sort of an Eastern, the, get it done. You know, what's going on? There's like sort of a co- uh, Eastern commerce, but there's definitely sort of a neighborly charm um, to Western New York that, uh, you know, feels like you're still in the Midwest. And I wanted that. So what 18 year old even thinks like this? That's oh yeah. He, he I drew with the perspective so, of a parent, student, marketer, yes. CEO. I like thought about, leader. I thought about like who the alumni were um everything so i'm big on so that we talked about that parent page i think every college in america is basically is requirement costuming business should have a you know mike kuchinski.edu slash parents site or family or points of pride site that says all the metrics like why you would pick going here what the tuition is who the notable alumni are so you know when you go back for you know thanksgiving they say i never heard of that school oh you know uh sammy hagar's son actually goes there and uh you know it's where they invented the you know uh xylophone like whatever you know whatever mm-hmm. that thing is with the school um you can cite that super quickly yeah but that, that, I mean, that's interesting, Mike, because you obviously had some very specific criteria about what you were looking for in a school. And I think, you know, for parents and kids who don't have that, it's helpful for the college to help say, okay, here's how we can help guide you through this process. If you're looking for, you know, a big state school with XYZ, we're right for you. If not, we're not. Like, it's okay to tell. And we had a couple tour guides tell us after they, you know, after we had that conversation, you know what? this is probably not the right campus for you. And that was great to hear. And yes. it, saves, it saves them time in the long run too. Yes. Like, you know, because you narrow down your contacts, you narrow down like your work. And like, I no longer have to worry about this student. It's clear that, you know, this is and, the right fit. And they converted you to an ambassador now, right? So now when, you're, when your next child is in the search or their friends or your, you know, your fellow parent friends, you can say, you know, when we toured X school, yeah, it wasn't for us, for us, but, you know, they had this co-op program or they had this beautiful lab or, you know, like it might be cool for you to look at. Yep. Exactly. Uh, congratulations on your son. Yes. Schools. Thank you. Um, congratulations for being on FYI. <laughs> for everyone involved, Mike and Mike. Um, right. No. Uh, any, any takeaways, anything you would like, you know, if, hey, uh, a school is watching me. Here's what you should be doing um, when you're getting ready for students to visit your campus. Pray for sun. That'll help. Um, Really talk to your tour guides about having those conversations with with those students and, you know, have to have your tour guides think back to when they were in those shoes and, you know, how nervous they were and what questions they had. You know, it's, it's very easy when you're at the school to just be so comfortable there. But remember the emotions that these, you know, scared 16 and 17 year olds are feeling and, um, you know, really try to have those conversations with the student because like you said you'll get to the end result whether it's application or deciding it's not the right fit you'll get there a lot faster and always text students was the other advice that exactly wait we rewind we'll fix that in post oh, yes okay. don't forget chat either you yes. know yeah you know we did get um, to, i mean for texting we did get um 
I want to say for the visits and such, we did get, I think we got some text reminders for that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was very helpful, but a lot of it with, with parents at least was through email. Was it very quickly? Sorry, if I may, I was going to ask if the texts were personalized or they short code. (laughs) I don't recall. I can go back and look if you'd like. It's okay. It's okay. How you brought up tour guides. How important was the individual tour guide or did you feel like, yeah, you know, if we had a bad tour guide, it wasn't the end of the world. And then in retrospect, I think it was huge. You know, the tour guide, the, the most memorable tour guide is, was at WPI, which is where he went. Um, we had bad tour guide. You know, it's interesting. We, we had bad tour guides at some schools, but they were also schools where he wasn't quite sure it was the best fit going into it. So, um, yeah, the tour guide definitely makes, makes a difference. Although I remember, you know, the school I was, I was thinking about in terms of not a great fit, that was Hamilton College, which did an amazing, you know, amazing job from the admissions experience and everything. And the tour guide was fantastic. It would just ended up being not the best fit for my son. So um, Mike has been typing to me for five minutes on Slack. Uh, so I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to wrap this up or not. Mike, did you have a follow up to this? No, I think we got to wrap good. things up. We got to let Mike um, go about his day. Yeah, uh, I, I can't think I can't wait to see that uh, six paragraph message that you're sending me on Slack. And I know it's about how awesome this conversation was. It truly it was. Uh, Mike Luck, thank you so much for joining us uh, here on FYI. Um, we can't thank you enough. I, I love the perspective and I love the conversation. I appreciate it. Thanks, Greg and Mike, for having me. Of course. Take care. You do. Uh, go goats, right? Go goats, exactly. Did, yeah. you just oh. look, did you just look that up? I had to. I didn't know. If, <laughs> if they were Division One, I, I would have known. Well done. Well done. Uh, this has been For Your Institution, presented by Mongoose, makers of Higher Ed's premier engagement platform. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to join us live every other week. Uh, We have a live web series where we talk higher ed. We have guests on, we have topics, and you're a part of the conversation. So Mike and I are doing that every other Tuesday. Go to mongooseresearch.com. You'll find all the information you need there. Go Goats. Take care, everyone.